<laughs> but we're good. We're, it's we're all fine. Be as close. long as it's yeah, within, a few, within a few seconds. It's just it's hard when it's like, oh, this one's like ten minutes in, and this one's like thirty seconds in, and this one's <laughs> forty-five minutes in, Joe. Whatever, slacker. I do use <laughs> anyway, slack. Um, see. Um. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh. So. Getting right into it, uh, the subject that I proposed this week is a discussion about um, about mobile apps when they're not full apps. Um, are they still good enough or good replacement apps? So what prompted this discussion for me is as a uh, designer, uh, we got the exciting news out of the Adobe Max conference, the 2019 conference that happened a couple weeks ago now, um, that uh, Adobe Photoshop, the full Photoshop is out. It's it's out on iPad. You can download it if you have a Creative Cloud, uh, if you have the full Creative Suite uh, or the full Creative Cloud, uh, you can use it without any additional charges. I like how they say mm. it's free. It's not free. <laughs> you just have to have full grade of suite to use it. It's, um, it's bundled into your $52 a month. Right. And if it's the only thing you have, it's 10 bucks a month just by itself. Mm. Uh, you, I think for an in-app purchase, you can do that, which is um, the same price as Procreate, just buying it out and o- buying it outright and owning it outright. <laughs> Mm-hmm. or the same price as two months of owning uh, Affinity Photo. <laughs> so um, people were, I've got some, uh, I can link to some articles and whatnot. So people were pretty frustrated by uh, the initial release because it's, uh, there was even some buzz from beta testers uh, on the cusp of the release saying, uh, this is not ready for prime time. It's very limited feature set. And um it's not a full release and and they've had actually adobe's had some pretty good transparency with some of their uh lead developers on twitter and whatnot talking about yeah we didn't we didn't manage expectations well we we meant to say that it's the full engine behind (laughs) adobe photoshop it's not some uh mini app engine behind it it's the real real deal in there but as far as actual features uh I haven't I haven't plumbed the depths of it by any stretch, and I'm not a real Photoshop expert anyway to judge that. But those uh, there's several places online that have gone into that discussion, and they've said it's basically about 10% feature complete. Hmm. Um, and there's some core features that are available and usable, and you can use it for some work, but it's nowhere near full Photoshop. Um, yet and what the response has been from developers has been something to the effect of well sure but it's the full photoshop engine behind it and that's (laughs) what we should have communicated better to you guys and we're sorry Mm. um you know i mean there's been some some decent transparency on some of that um a little bit of pushback too which i understand as, as as a person who works for a software development company sometimes it's like well okay you know, we're, we're doing a lot. So give us a little grace too. Never. Anyway. So I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that. Like what your thoughts are, uh, with the other thing that they announced at max that they're going to release and it's going to be sometime next year is, um, Adobe illustrator. 
And they said, the full Adobe Illustrator is coming. And they also recently released an app called Fresco, which has uh, PSD support, which is the file format for Adobe Photoshop, um, the native format. Um, it tastes like grape really, juice and has no sugar, right? Y- yes. Adobe Fresco? No, Fresco. Oh, the male version. That does have sugar. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and spice and everything. No, wait. I'm confused. No, that's tips and snails you're thinking of. Um, all right. So anyway, so <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on that? Like when a, when a first thing is just when a company puts out an app uh, on a mobile device and then says this is the, um, this is the full app. You're getting the full app and then you open it up and it's like, not. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? What is, is that a, is that dishonest? B is it, um, just, is that how we should, uh, when we're working with mobile devices on some of this tech, should we just expect that it's only going to be a subset of features or is it reasonable to expect that you'd get the full, uh, functionality that you would want from you know, one of these bigger, more complex software packages from the desktop. I think it sounds dishonest. Um, I don't know for sure if they really just, I don't know, wrote the speech wrong, wrote the announcement wrong, then it wasn't dishonest, but um, it would have been much wiser, I think. And they're realizing that to communicate the details of it. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with how they released it. Um, I mean, it's their app. They're welcome to do what they want and they just got to manage, manage what people thought and what people expect. Um, and so, I mean, they can do whatever they want in that. Uh, I think it was probably not the smartest to do like the $10 payment plan though. If you've got better, more, better, more featureful products out there for cheaper, um, then it's, uh, I don't think it was very smart to release it for that much more expense. Um, but if they were to have released that for like a dollar a month or even say like it's free for now, once we release more, we're going to uh, put a paywall on it. Um, I mean, I think any of those would have been smarter, but yeah, as All long right. as if, if they were being honest with what the, if it was an accident, the miscommunication was an accident. And I don't think there's anything wrong. I just don't think it was very smart. I'm trying to. What are your thoughts, David? Sorry, I'm trying to think why why they would make that mistake because it's not like Adobe doesn't have like dozens of people working in in marketing, (coughs) working in marketing, uh, Mm. wordsmithing everything that comes out of their their uh, public facing mouth. Um, They have an in house marketing department, though. I'd be willing to bet they have an in, in-house janitorial staff. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Title. Um, <laughs> not an outhouse janitorial staff, mind you. <laughs> um, no, but like, so I was thinking about this as you guys were talking and I think the only, like it does, it doesn't, it doesn't play well, right? Like, like everybody who mm-hmm. uses Photoshop and hears full Photoshop is going to mm-hmm. think, full Photoshop. I don't know. I was going to come up with like a clearer way to say it, but I was like, no, no, full Photoshop is about as clear as it gets. Like nobody out there mm-hmm. was thinking maybe it's just going to be full, full Photoshop engine. Um, but <laughs> so I, 
so so like why like it, it's just going to hurt their it's just going to hurt their uh their perception their uh it's not good for um optics and then it occurred to me that when right. this was first announced uh photoshop for ipad it was not at adobe max but it was at wwdc uh, a year ago last summer and the timeline on that was like expected by the end of that year i believe and I think the reason they did it was probably because the reason they said what they said was probably because Apple came to them and said, we want to promote you. We want you to create Photoshop for iPad and we want to promote it. And I think mm. they did it for the Apple promotion. I think they did it to be on stage during the biggest Apple keynote of the year and to, you know, to get that kind of publicity, that kind of, um, excitement and everything. Cause I remember when I saw it, like, I mean, I've been, I've had a, 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 a tolerate hate relationship with Adobe for maybe the last three years now. <laughs> um, and basically I just tolerate hating it. And when they, when they started talking about the <laughs> iPad version, you know, affinity is already out there. They started talking about the iPad version. I'm like, okay, like maybe Adobe is actually making strides. Maybe they are like moving towards some level of modernity because if you compare Photoshop with affinity photo right now, it's nowhere near the same performance or uh, feature set Photoshop on iPad. I mean, um, mm. and so yeah, I think that was probably why. And I mean, I'll bet Apple's upset and I will bet, uh, and they have good reason for this. Adobe will not be making an appearance at future WWDCs for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the woodshed. Yeah. Cause this, I mean, this gets to kind of the, the broader conversation here. Like the reason Apple had Adobe there was it was another like people have been complaining is the iPad a productivity device or is it just a media consumption device like that's been a debate since episode one of Helvetic back in the day Joe. Um, Oh yeah. And classic. And I think they were trying to put a strong foot forward on that point and say look look uh, the iPad is a full productivity device. It can run Photoshop creatives. It, you know, Adobe is working on Photoshop and you know, there were a few other demonstrations just like that. Uh, and this is the one that just didn't go anywhere. Hmm. Yeah, I think, no, I think that's, I think it's, those are really good points. Cause I think that that's, uh, kind of to what you were saying tank the uh a lot of the community is saying you know you're basically saying this is a version one and it's really more of a somewhere in the beta stage um this product is and you shouldn't be charging us to beta test your product <laughs> <laughs> you know okay like, hey, if it's a beta then it, very much like what you said i've seen a lot of sentiments of that of like hey make it free and then once it's ready for prime time then let's talk about the price but if it's even like um even like if that was if it's just this app it's if it's only the standalone photoshop app on ipad you're not getting the desktop suite then it should be like five bucks a month or something it should be it should be less than their than their um than their cheap uh, photographer plan yeah you know how much is the cheap photographer plan 10 bucks a month okay gotcha so that's that Photoshop with, and Lightroom. Would that come with Photoshop for iPad though? I think so. Yeah. I think you get Photoshop for iPad, but I don't think you get Fresco. Ah, uh, so Fresco. Well, yeah, for you iPad, can get that you in the grocery store for like, it's also 10 bucks a month. I was going to say $8 <laughs> for a 12 do, pack. Uh, but, yeah. 
or you can do Sprite. I mean, or Slice. There's all, all sorts of options. Yeah, I like to obey my <laughs> um, first. So uh, then when you have it, one of the things that's uh, interesting with this is now in this situation, you do have you do have a like one of the um, one of the reviewers was talking about it. It's uh, by I, I use the term reviewer loosely. This is someone on Twitter, you know, a person on Twitter. Ah. Um, and they said, basically, this is this is like Procreate. I, this kind of feels like it's in the same level as Procreate, which Procreate is an excellent iPad drawing program. Um, but they're saying, you know, it shouldn't be 12 times more expensive per year than to own Procreate outright. <laughs> um, since it's similar uh, in, in feature set. Um, and then you have, you know, you do have, like I said, like we said, the Affinity Suite and whatnot. And these are actually pretty full featured. In fact, a uh, recent interview that I was watching um, the product manager, the guy, basically the guy in charge of the Affinity apps uh, by Serif said that since it's the same, you know, getting talking about the engine behind these things, it is the same engine to the desktop, to the Windows, to the Macintosh on all of their suite. Um, but he said in that sense, when he's talking about it, he's saying you literally there is there's no feature on one of those platforms that the other doesn't have. So iPad has mm. literally every feature that the desktop that the, you know, may be a different uh, UI and UX to get to that or to use that. But all mm. the features you'll find in desktop are present on on mobile. And so when he says feature complete, he means I mean, not nobody said feature complete. Everyone avoided that, but they did engine say engine complete. <laughs> engine. <laughs> engine complete. Uh, <laughs> Title. And it's given it all she can, Captain. Um so the uh yeah, so when these other apps are doing you know what seems like uh a full uh or at least a very uh, competent uh, competitor to these full desktop apps from you know a company like Adobe and these smaller companies are able to get the full thing out there uh, both on desktop and on mobile uh, then it it kind of gives it makes it seem a little uh, disingenuous coming from Adobe that they didn't understand that that's what people were expecting or that they they thought, you know, they're kind of feeling like we're feeling attacked on this. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, you should be because <laughs> uh, you kind of drop the ball. So does um, the one, does the one that's $20, I can't remember what it was called. Um, you were just talking about it. The one that's on desktop, not procreate, but the affinity uh, photo affinity. Photo. Yeah, I think uh, is affinity photo as feature rich as Photoshop on desktop. <clears throat> uh it is hmm it's, that's a good that's that's a good question uh affinity photo i would say is it's more focused hmm. than photoshop is on desktop because photoshop has tried to have yeah please everybody over the years throwing uh Features and <laughs> the slices bits and for chunks from websites. companies that they've purchased and stuff like that. They've thrown those in there over the years. Um, 
And so Photoshop can do a lot of things. It can do a ton of things not very well. And then it does some of its core things excellent, you know. But they'll be like, well, you can use Photoshop for animation. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> that. Nobody oh, does yeah. that. Literally nobody does that. This is sort of but like. You can. <laughs> this is sort of like. You can you also use it to program Lisp. Yeah. I would recommend it. <laughs> you can technically use Excel to build like full, like, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? Runner games, like 2D runner games. Like technically you oh, can yeah. do that. And you can't with numbers, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, so what we're saying is numbers is not feature complete. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would, I would not say in terms of what the vast majority, and by that, I mean, probably more than 90% of people use it for affinity is 85% or more there. Hmm. Gotcha. Does that sound yeah, reasonable, yeah, say, Joe? There's definitely some specialized things out in the periphery uh, that, that they don't do. But I think uh, in a lot of those, they would say, yep, we don't. <laughs> we don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tank? Yeah, I was just thinking that, like, it. I can understand Adobe not being able to have all their features in their apps because they have been working on their desktop product for a long time. And then they're like, okay, now we'll start on the mobile versus affinity photo i I imagine or assume that it's been working on its app for quite a long time alongside the desktop and trying to keep them together so so it does it does make sense to me that um that there would be a disconnect between the two at least at the moment but um sure yeah they should be able to catch it up quickly and they still shouldn't make people pay for that much for something that's weaker than other products yeah in fact one thing that's a, a little interesting with the affinity uh, people is they initially were going to launch as a, uh, an iPad app. That's what they, that was their initial target. Hmm. Um, so they built the engine, all the, all the backend stuff was built and optimized to run on uh, mobile devices. And then um, somewhere along the way, and I don't know all the inner workings of, their story, but somewhere along the way, they were like, oh, actually, we need to do these desktop apps first. So they released uh, Affinity Designer, then Affinity Photo, and then they got around to doing Affinity Photo on iPad, and then Affinity Designer on iPad, and then they put out Publisher. So now their suite is complete for their desktop uh, mm-hmm. design apps. Um, and then they have uh, s- said that they're going to put Publisher out on uh, mobile devices uh, this next year as well. So, but they, but they did have a, a bit of an advantage. Uh, one of their big advantages that they had is they didn't have to work with any legacy code. They mm-hmm. wrote it from the ground up, uh, mm-hmm. optimized for mobile. And then with a fast optimized for mobile engine, they said, well, look what it does on desktop. And it's really fast on desktop. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and that's kind of been one of Adobe's talking points in this whole kerfuffle has been, well, we have. 30 years of features and we'll don't worry, you know, kind of, if you don't like us at version one, Oh, come back and check us out in a little bit. Cause we're going to be getting these other features that you want put into the app, but we didn't want to put all 30 years of features into the app right out of the gate, which again, okay, I get that, but there's <laughs> four things we that would be nice to have a functioning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I launched it 
tried to use a smart object because I was using the lightest form of flogging template that I have. It uses a smart object for the image, uh, part of uh-huh. the image. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't support smart objects. So I just closed it. I don't remember if I just deleted it or not. <laughs> I think I have the space to where I didn't bother deleting it, but there's, if I, if I get a low space notification, it's going to be the first thing to go. It's like, well, this is not useful mm-hmm. to me. It's like no smart object <laughs> support. Uh, for those of you who don't use Photoshop, smart objects are a little bit like, uh, being able to, I was going to say pre comps in after effect, but that also probably doesn't make sense. Uh, they're a little <laughs> bit like, uh, being able to embed, images in your Photoshop document that live somewhere else. So you're creating kind of a reference to them and Mm. you're not actually manipulating the file itself. It it lives elsewhere, either in another file or in another section of the file that you're working on. Uh, And it's very useful for non-destructive workflows where you can make changes to the image and then like go back and change those changes without having to undo them. Uh, Anyway, on the on the legacy code thing, I think this is kind of this is the sticking point, I think, because these companies like Affinity and Procreate, the reason that they are able to move as fast as they're moving is because mm-hmm. Apple has done the vast majority of the work for them. Uh, the the metal framework, uh, there are frameworks that Apple provides that make it very easy to manipulate images and 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 other visuals, uh, things that Adobe did not have 30 years ago when they built Photoshop, things that Adobe built for potentially the first time in computer science for themselves when they built Photoshop, uh, John, right. John Knoll and, and the like. Uh, and those guys went on to work at uh, Industrial Light and Magic, which is the company behind the special effects for like Star Wars and every movie that you've ever dropped your jaw <laughs> at. Um, but the... So, so it's kind of interesting because what Apple's done is it's, it's really leveled the playing field because before, if you wanted to get in, mm. like before the, the competition to Photoshop was GIMP and GIMP was doing the same thing that Adobe was. They just weren't getting paid for it. And they had, you know, probably orders of magnitude, fewer people working on it. Um, and, and I, I'm aware that affinity does run on windows. I think that's because they're using Vulkan on windows, which is very similar to, uh, the metal APIs. Um, so the, the amount of work, I guess what I'm saying is the amount of work that goes into creating procreate is something like one tenth, maybe, maybe considerably less than that of what would right. go into bringing the code base for Photoshop to iPad. But we're getting to the point now where like Adobe's code base was written for single threaded CPUs. And like, it's relatively recently, mm-hmm. like in the last 10 years that they've been like, we support multi-threading. And by the time they got there, everybody's like, where is GPU support? And every once in a while, like <laughs> after effects, you watch it trickle out. It's like Gaussian blur now works on, on GPU. And you're like, uh, Oh, that's great. What about motion blur? Like, no, no, maybe next year. You're like, well, I have this other, you know, I have fusion over here and everything is GPU accelerated. Um, right. And it's the same way. It's the same way with Photoshop. Like my wife uses a, uh, she's on a MacBook pro and she uses affinity as much as she can, because there are things that just happen in affinity instantaneously that on Photoshop, she's got to wait four or five seconds to see them, you know, propagate throughout the entire image. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, I think one of the shocking things to me, cause I, uh, I, I've worked with Photoshop now a fair amount, but I still, uh, at least especially for personal work, I tend to work with affinity products more 
And it's always like a, a shock to me to go, you know, open up a window like a Gaussian blur effect. And you have to open up a window and it's got this little window and it says, here's your preview. Do you want to use that? Because it's not checked by default. Please don't use it. <laughs> if you do the exact same thing over on Affinity Photo, it's like, oh, okay, you want to try that? Here's what it happens to your whole image. And you adjust your slider, the whole image changes. It's like, oh, that's nice. That's kind of how it should work, right? Oh, man. So I'm a big fan of those of their products. I know that they're, um, they're not perfect, but I think they're, there's a couple things that are... Uh, nitpicking things with them that keep me from being a hundred percent in that camp, but I sure most of the time we'll we'll go back to them. I just think they work better. Makes your makes your computer feel more performant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sounds kind of like Photoshop really has. I mean, I'm sure they've talked about this and got smart people to talk about it, but it sounds like they they have like two options. Like one would be just trying to rewrite all in a much better optimized, which may be, well, they said they have the full engine, so I guess they didn't do that. I was thinking that might've been the better option. The other option would just be to buy affinity photos and call it and call it a Photoshop. I would die. I I would die so much. (laughs) They just, they've done that before too late for them. We've lost. I'm just going to buy this company. Cause (laughs) it sounds like they bought Macromedia freehand. And I was like, Oh wow. They're now Macromedia freehand is going to have the whole power of Adobe behind it. They can have all that money. They can really make it nice. And instead they just killed it. That's what, that's what (laughs) Adobe does. If they have competitors, they buy them and they just end up in the dustbin. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, seriously, it's happened a lot of times. Well, and what's funny, the nice thing about, about Serif, who's the parent company of affinity, uh, photo and whatnot is they've actually been, they've been around for 30 years themselves doing this Mm -hmm. sort of stuff there. They, it was kind of cool that they didn't force their affinity team to use any of their existing code base. And Mm -hmm. in fact, they issued the, the existing code base entirely. Um, but they've been doing kind of desktop publishing and, and whatnot apps that are very much a consumer level stuff. It's like the stuff that you'd find, you know, boxed to you go to Kmart or something, you know, can find these, uh, um, you know, boxed software things that your grandma buys you because you know, you like to do computer art. <laughs> they do that sort of, they've done that sort of stuff for a long time. So uh, hopefully they're, they've got enough of a uh, uh, footing that that's not what will happen to them because mm. uh, Adobe doesn't have a great track record, record with purchased purchased companies doing mm. right by them. Yeah. You like Dreamweaver? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Dreamweaver is the stepping stone for everybody to doing actual web development. I, I don't think anybody likes Dreamweaver, but it was, it was a necessary step along the way for a lot of people. Sure. I mean, cold fusion though, that's a good language. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> I actually just, I was working on a client site and uh, <laughs> they had some cold fusion. I was like, I remember this. It's unit. No, it's I not. have no memory of this place. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, maybe an interesting way to take this conversation that tank, you might have more thoughts on since you don't use these 
particular applications is this idea mm-hmm. of uh, APIs and frameworks being bundled with operating systems. I, I imagine Windows is doing this. Maybe you know a little bit more about this than I do. Uh, but the, the idea of being able to use these frameworks, like the, the operating system anymore, seems to be less of a a place where you run your code. I mean, it, it is that obviously, but it, it is also this like whole package of code that you can just tie into like the metal frameworks. Uh, I was looking over some of the, uh, iOS, uh, APIs for machine learning. Uh, and there's just this insane level of like, like OCR built right into the operating system. Like if I want to take, take a picture, I just use the camera API. And then if I want to OCR, get, get the text from that image, I just run it through the OCR API, which uses the machine learning thing built into the phone to, well, to do the OCR. Um, that's crazy. And like I've written eight lines of code and Apple has done all Well, that's a little more than eight lines, but Apple has done all of the work for me. Um, mm. And it seems like it seems like we may see more of these companies like Adobe where like the their value, the value of their company is in their ideas, which have been copied by a thousand companies now and in their code, which is now bundled with operating systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah makes me think that you could make a business out of <clears throat> just figuring out the things that Apple does for you, like the OCR. I just think of how many OCR apps there are <laughs> out there. And, you know, like as soon as they release something that's like, hey, we did this new thing for you, create an app that's just like just a layer over that code, you know, just a UI layer over it Yep. and fill it with ads and then, and then wait for the next thing they release. Oh, release a new one. So you've been looking at the app store <laughs> nice. is what you're saying. <laughs> but well there's it but you know how it is go ahead ahead. i was i was thinking of um the the last time i was on here i said you know my business ideas i don't ever think like what would really help people i just think what would make me money i think that's a good example (laughs) that's a business that might make someone money with no effort uh there's a guy uh uh, David underscore or underscore David Smith. Uh, he's a relatively popular Apple developer and commentator. Uh, he runs a podcast with Marco Arment called under the radar. And he is known for his, uh, the volume of apps that he puts out because basically every Mm -hmm. WWDC, every time that they announce all their new frameworks and everything, he just goes through and like, Hmm, what could I make with this? And then he just like really Mm -hmm. quickly puts together an app and he works hard on them. They're reasonably well designed. Uh, if you've heard of Sleep Plus Plus, Pedometer Plus Plus, Workouts Plus Plus, uh, he's he's a programmer <laughs> at heart. Um, <laughs> he does put a lot of work into them, but at the same time, like he is literally the example of what you're talking about. Like somebody who's mm. maybe doing it in a more ethical way uh, than just like mm. you know slamming ads in people's face. He does have ads in some of his apps, but they're not they're not super obtrusive. Anyway. Um, like there are people who do make their living doing this. They, they're, they are serial app creators and they get by mostly letting Apple do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I mean, that's useful. Like OCR readers are useful. Yep. Somebody needs to make that app just as an OCR reader and that's it. So, yep. Maybe we don't need a hundred of them. <laughs> I think we need at least a hundred of them. <laughs> And now, as of tomorrow, 101. <laughs> I got to go, guys. No. 
(laughs) (laughs) Just releasing your new big business. Yeah, exactly. But I think, I mean, I think Apple does that because they are, they're trying to make it easier for guys like me. Like I, the reason I was looking at the OCR Mm -hmm. stuff was I was thinking, gee, would it be, wouldn't it be cool if you could take a picture of a book you're reading and have the phone OCR it and turn all of the verse references in the book into links that send you to pages in Relight. Like that would be pretty neat. And so I was just looking into like, how would I go about building that? And I was like, oh, it's just two APIs. <laughs> and then I just need my little text that regexes the uh, regexes the the copy that comes, you know, the, the the text that comes out of the book and turns it into links. And there we go. <laughs> like that's easy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the the built-in functionality that they're giving you in some of those APIs is is nuts, really. Um. Well, I th- I think it'd be interesting to hear what other people have to say about this. You know, the apps we've discussed specifically, but just also other apps in the App Store, um, the Office suites and things like that. You know, what do you think of those? Do you think that they are, um full apps or are should they be marketed as some sort of a kind of a uh, targeted subset of the actual app that's being advertised because they've got the ip so they can use the names and whatnot but they don't necessarily have that functionality built in so it'd be interesting to hear what uh, our audience thinks about that and if there's particular apps that they think do it really well or do it poorly do you guys have any more thoughts on this at this time Just that I think right. I think Adobe was maybe right to I mean funding development is hard and if the constant changes in how apps are monetized in the App Store has taught us anything it's that 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 like funding the development of apps is hard and that the relationship between developer and customer uh, if expectations are not communicated clearly, and even if they are communicated clearly, the customer will often end up upset. You know, the idea of like, well, I paid $8 or, you know, $2 for this app back in 2012. And like, why won't you give me continued updates? Like, well, because I have a family and I can't get a, I can't get them not addicted to food anymore. Um, Weirdos. <laughs> so so that that's that's a tenuous relationship and the idea of adobe saying well we're going to release this it's not going to be the full thing but we're hoping that you'll buy it and use what you can from it to to fund the development that's not a business model that i'm opposed to like i totally get that funding like relight for crying out loud we've been releasing little feature by little feature by little feature we're not charging anything which is obviously quite different um but I think most people would be okay if we were, if we had like kind of an early program to, to get the features at this point, we don't have a big enough audience to where we would actually make any money off of that. But I think the model is fine. It's really just communicating expectations. This thing is not full yet, but with your help, we can get it there. Yeah. Well, and I think you guys are sort of, I mean, in a way, you're doing what we've suggested would have been a better way to do it, which is we're not charging for this yet. Right. Um, right. We may get to a point where we will or we'll start, you know, we'll have the base thing available, but we're going to add other resources and charge you for those resources somewhere down the line or something, you know, some way to monetize it. Uh, I don't know what you guys' plan is on that, but um, 
I think that's kind of, I, I think there's some merit in that of kind of going, okay, we're not at a point where we could charge for it. There's a, you know, there's an interesting um, app out there. And I don't know if anyone in our audience knows the story behind it, but I, I think they're, they're very interesting. They're an app called Vectornator and they came out. Oh yeah. It used to be a paid app. Um, I think they were not a whole lot of money. They think they were five bucks or something. Maybe it was 10. And I believe I paid for them. Um, and then they made it free and not, not free, um, but limited feature set or free, uh, asterisks, asterisks, whatever. They just said it's totally free, 100% free. And now they're putting out a Mac version. And this is a vector drawing app. It's really, it's pretty solid on the, on the iPad. I don't think it's as good as a affinity designer, but I think it's pretty good. Um, and it has some really neat, uh, ways of handling the ui and the ux that are very mobile focused uh, but the thing that those about companies like that is i kind of go I, I always am wondering okay so but how you've got a development team you've got a designer <laughs> team you're not putting ads in here what are what's the plan and, you know mm. it's either 100 percent unsustainable or it's going to go to open source and you're going to hope that the community will maintain it or you have some plan somewhere down the line where you're going to go uh, we've had this angel investing that's paid our bills up to this point, and now we've got to start making money with this thing. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if anyone's heard about that or if they have any insight in it. That would be uh, interesting to know. Yeah, that's kind of a different model, which is like soak up the entire... I don't know if that's what Vectornator is doing, but the idea of like, let's soak up all the user base and, while it's free, run all our competitors out of business and then start charging what they charged. Uh, yep. I don't that's think true. that's yep. what they're doing. I, they're not big enough to do that. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe maybe they'll do this for the next three years and they've got some kind of angel investor money to, to be able to do that. But I don't think there's enough money in that space. It, it doesn't make sense as a strategy there. I imagine... I mean, I looked at the app uh, and it's just not that fully featured. It's not something that I would buy. So I imagine what they're mm -hmm. hoping to do is, is just build out the feature set and then at a certain point, ask people to pay. Maybe they'll start adding features that are paid or like, I imagine they're just trying to get the user base first. Yeah, but I will say their uh, their vectorization thing so that it can take an image. All right, real quick. Raster images are made up of lots and lots and lots of little dots, different colored dots. I know you guys might know this, but our entire listener base might not. Uh, vector images are made up of curves with color inside of them. Uh, so they're they're Bayesian curves. What? <laughs> uh, and the cool thing about vector images is because no, they're hang on a second back to the dot described mathematically with curves. You can zoom in on them infinitely without quality loss. Whereas a raster image, as you right. zoom in, you start to see the dots. Um, so one thing you can do is convert your dots to vectors. And when you do that, there's some level of quality loss and it's not like you can just like, Oh, and now I can interpolate infinitely and like, look at me, I'm a CSI. Uh, but you can get really interesting wow. results when you go from uh, vector to raster. A lot of uh, artists who do like logo design will create really high resolution versions of their logos and then run them through something like Adobe or Vectornator's vectorization tool so that the client can print them at the highest possible resolution. Uh, and there's usually some cleanup work. Anyway, I had a client who does uh, Terminator, uh, X Terminator work, pardon. Uh, uh, 
<laughs> does exterminator to work make sense of that wow. and they need images for social and so a lot of their a lot of the stuff they talk about is bugs and i was like how do i create like images of bugs that aren't like uh, and so i ran unsplash images of bugs and other things through this they already had like a watercolor style on their website through vectornator and then i just applied some textures and stuff and i got these things that look like they were painted uh because they're basically mm-hmm. strokes um I can't actually post them in the in the show notes because uh, client confidentiality and all that. But uh, if you start running photos through Vectornator, you get some really artistic looking results and it doesn't take that that much effort to make them look really cool. Yeah, I'm still hoping to win a a MacBook from them. So uh, I did post (laughs) one on my social. That's how I found out about (laughs) it. I basically just took a photograph of of me and ran it through there and it came out cool. And I didn't, I didn't touch it at all after that. My, my final thought is maybe Photoshop is doing this to express the importance of marketing and communication. <laughs> and if you need a tool to grow in your marketing and communication, you should use Photoshop. Or you should avoid Adobe products altogether because clearly they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Maybe that. Fair point. Fair point. There's a big, a long, a long plan going on <laughs> that we just don't know about yet. Nice. <laughs> well, so if you uh, <laughs> if you have feedback on this subject or kind of the peripheral subjects that came up around it, you can touch base with us at our Slack channel. You can join our Slack channel, which is slack.techreformation.com. And uh, join us in the episode and, discussion channel. Yeah. So uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And um, I've given you all my wisdom. I have nothing left to give. Sorry. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) And if you want to listen to our past shows and topics, and for some reason you don't want to use the podcast catcher you're using right now, you can go to our website, decoreformation.com. That's true. I just thought. (laughs) Why do we ever, why, why do we use that as the reason to go to the website? <laughs> and we do request that you guys oh, just hit do show, do share the show <laughs> because that's the way people find out about it. Yeah. And that's, that's how what you can use our so, website for. So rich and famous in case you're wondering. <laughs> this has been episode of people. No, go ahead. People <laughs> might be wondering well, like, what are they like Vectornator? Are they just trying to get an audience and then they're going to, they're going to, they have this angel investor that's keeping them running. Oh yeah, so, uh, our angel true. investor is Relight, <laughs> so, and they have no money. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're just but they're angelic. This has been episode one. When we all roll up in our <laughs> Tesla trucks. <laughs> we don't want to end it. Oh my gosh, I we love that truck. Why did we not talk about the truck, Joe? Out. The Tesla truck. Why didn't we? I want that uh, truck. That's your fault. $39,000 for that truck? I mean, I don't have $39,000. Yeah, I mean, if the if the windows aren't actually bulletproof, do you even want a $39,000 truck? They are bulletproof. It didn't go through. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story here. Oh, uh, look up the cyber truck from Tesla. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's pretty cool, actually, for the price. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. This has been episode 192 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. Thank you for listening, and we will see you again next week. I ain't looking back.